Madam, I'm, I'm very sorry, but no dog can fit it. Score anyway. Oh, so it's you he was after. Hello, sugar. He's dragged me into every gin mill on the block. Yeah, I had him out this morning. Oh, I thought so. Oh, uh, uh this is Tommy, uh, my wife. How are you? How do you do? Tommy, I don't usually look like this. I've been Christmas shopping. Madam, I'm afraid we shall take the dog out. Oh, it's, it's all right, Joe. It's all right. It's my dog. And, uh, uh, my wife. Well, you might have mentioned me first on the billing. The dog's well trained. He'll behave himself. It might bite somebody. Oh, he's all right. Look. Lie down. Lie down. Stand up. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of A Thousand and One by One, where each week we take a film out of the book, A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die. Discuss it, analyze it, and ultimately decide whether or not it should be in the book. My name is Adam St. John. I am Britt Reinholds Hobson. And I am Joey Rogge. And, uh... You know, we're going to talk about a movie. Uh, that movie is called The Thin Man, and we will have thoughts to share later on in this episode because that's what we're here to talk about. Uh, but before yes. we get to talking about um, William Powell and Myrna Loy, uh, we're going to give you some recommends. And as I was going through our little episode tracker, I realized that the last time that uh, people would have heard from us would have been for our Bong Joon-ho ranking. So we're kind of back to our... Traditional format, no more director rankings for the year. So um, to kick us things off, let's go with Joey. Joey, what is your recommend this week? So my recommend this week, um, it was going to be Across the Spider-Verse because it's the best movie of the year thus far, but I decided not to go that way. Um, and I went with a movie by Jonathan Lynn. It's from the 80s. It has Tim Curry in it. It's Clue. And I just, you know, I I saw just a lot of Clue in this, and I love Clue so much, and any chance to talk about Clue and bring up how wonderful it is and how much fun I have with it every time. So Clue is my recommend. Clue's a fun one. It, It, You know, and that's a movie I came to really late. I think I saw this in grad school for the first time. Oh, wow. Well, somebody did the thing. We, I, we're all. I know we're all guilty of this. Where somebody like drops a quote, and you're like, <laughs> I don't know what that's from. And yeah. so, uh, I I said something intentionally. It's me, if, if you don't know. And I said something sarcastically prickish to piss somebody off on purpose. And um, they went flames on the side of my face, and everybody laughed. And I was like, <laughs> I, I have no idea what that's from. And somebody's like, you haven't seen Clue? And I'm like, oh. And then I was outed because, no, I hadn't seen Clue, to which then I, I tried to quickly remedy that as much as I could and then was immediately felt with this this uh, the, the dual feeling of, like, what a great, fun movie. And also, how have I waited this long to see Clue? Yeah, that's one of those. It's so much. It's so good, and it's so fun. 
And it was definitely one of those movies that I caught on the TV late at night multiple times. And I never saw all the way through until I was older, but I saw snippets kind of like um, The Princess Bride or Labyrinth. I'd always catch portions of the film. So I saw it all, but not necessarily at the same time until I was a you little bit. You just saw it out of order. But... You saw it in a different manner. It's fine. Yeah, yeah just saw it out of order. <laughs> I saw all the endings before I saw the beginning, so... Uh, great pick, and yeah, totally get the like the fun caper vibes. Yeah, that you're connecting. And John, Jonathan Lynn, director of one of my uh, favorite kind of bad comedies, The Whole Nine Yards. anybody anybody a fan of The Whole Nine Yards? Yes, I don't like I don't like comedies very much, but I do I, I did like it last time I saw it, but that was like 15 years ago, so I might watch it again and hate it. That's fair. Like I remember renting that from Blockbuster for some reason, like and like coming out and being like, oh, I'm gonna go get this, I, and I don't know why I was so excited for it, but I like it. Amanda Peet's in that, right? Yeah, she sure is. Definitely is. Because she's like... Yeah, one of my early... Uh, I don't know how to say this, uh, so apologies in advance. I, I, I Pre-warning pre to everybody who isn't the two of you, I have been drinking. Um, she was one of my first pair of on-screen boobies I saw as a kid because of... Wow. She does. Yeah, she's like a hit formative training in, in the whole she nine She is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, formative uh, movie. No wow. wonder it's a favorite. Yeah. This already it's this episode, episode is fire already I, i'm just so excited um <laughs> perfect clue rocks good pick Britt. what are you bringing to the table this week so uh this week i just decided to go with something that genuinely brings me joy um i wanted an ensemble film that was had its fair share of characters and i did feel like each of these characters as as like small as they were on screen like as few minutes as they were on screen they were all defined and knowable so i am going to recommend spider-man across the spider-verse <laughs> because what a fucking film that was a uh, great addition that movie is a work of art the animation can be described as overwhelming at times which it was but it is awe-inspiring so man go see it go see many it or times. by the time you get this rent it see it many times because it is fantastic Joey, uh, I want to ask you now. Did has your son seen it, or is he still too a bit too young for it? So I was gonna take him Sunday for it, but he's he's not super into it. Like the first one, he likes, but like it has to catch him, and he's not. So it, the length, if it was shorter, I would have taken him and just ate it. But then the other thing is, at for, for like weeks, I've been saying, well, if I've already seen it already and we leave early, I don't care. But then I saw it and I was, and if he wanted to leave early, that would be a shame because he'd be sitting there with me. So, you, you know, we're going to wait on it till he's more into it. Um, unfortunately, he's, That's fair. You know, unfortunately, he's way more of a Transformers fan. So we will be seeing that. Um, <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, too. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll be seeing that on Sunday. <laughs> Um, he is very excited. He was telling the dentist about dad. it this morning. He was tell he's telling everybody about it. So I'm thinking once we get past that, then he'll be like, Oh, I want to see it. But funny story, so I saw it last opening night, I saw it like nine twenty with my buddy Carrie and Carrie's son Declan and Cole are friends because, you know, as parents we want our kids to be friends so we could hang out more. And so Cole was like, oh, you're going, you're seeing Spider-Man tonight, right? I was like, yeah, okay. He's like, Declan's going with you? And he really wanted to come when he thought Declan was coming. And he was really mad at me that I was going to movies with Declan. But then once he realized that Declan wasn't going, he was like, oh, okay, have fun. And he went and watched Transformers. So. 
Uh, I did. I did bring my my five and nine year old to it, um, and uh, it was. And the theater was definitely full with like you know preteens and teenagers. But it was. Uh, it was w- well roundly uh, uh, applauded and and loved, and people were freaking out. And I don't. I didn't get all the references, but that didn't matter to me. I thought it was pretty, pretty compelling story. Um, and I think everybody in the theater had clearly forgotten myself included that there was a part three because when the ending came, I mean, the sound was deafening of just like gasps and f- people freaking out. Um, but solid, solid pick. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 you know, and I knew it was because it was eventually, you know, initially called the first part one, whatever, but the other way I've looked at it, it kind of, uh, I don't want to spoil anything. So I don't even want to say that, but a story arc finishes, not the overarching one, but one does, that I think is very, very satisfying that the the way it ended, even if I didn't know, I don't think would have bothered me. Because I'm fired up for March 24th. When that gets pushed back, I'm going to cry like a child. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. I think they spent five years doing two movies at the same time, and it's beautiful. Um, I, I loved it. I am so excited that Miles Morales is probably going to be my nephew's first Spider-Man. And that just makes me so happy. Ugh. anyways, we can continue now. This isn't a this isn't a podcast about Spider-Verse, unfortunately. Well, um, oh, no, go Joy. Go ahead. I mean, it is about two quippy, really great at banter leads. So there's a nice connection. Well, and I, I unfortunately, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring the mood down, uh, for for my recommend. Um, That's okay. That's usually my job. So welcome. So I didn't, you know, I, I had no connection to the Thin Man before this. Um, and I've, and then I, you know, I go to the the physical media shelf. I don't have anything else. Um, by uh, the wonderful uh, W. S. Van Dyke. Um, I didn't. I and I really didn't have too many films from 1934. Um. Anything I had from that year was either a Universal monster film, which, you know, spoiler alert, we're going to be getting to that later in the season. Um, It happened one night, which is in the book, and I can't recommend it, but I can recommend it because it's a wonderful film. And then something I picked up completely by random um, during uh, a a Barnes & Noble Criterion cell, also from 1934, also starring uh, Claudette Colbert, who's in It Happened One Night, and this film is called Imitation of Life. Um, I want, I'm just going to read the back of the, the movie because it's going gonna, it's gonna to explain it way better than I could uh, and in a much more succinct way. Imitation of Life explores the friendship between two struggling single mothers. One, Claudette Colbert, a working class white woman who ascends to the top of the business world. The other, Louise Beavers, her black, her, her black housekeeper, whose life is shattered by the rejection of her rebellious white passing daughter. And that's... That's really what this movie is about. There's these two women who basically meet accidentally. Like, it's a complete accident they should ever meet. And Claudette Colbert ultimately hires Louise Beavers to be her housekeeper. And as they form a friendship, Louise Beavers makes her breakfast one day. She makes her pancakes. And Claudette Colbert is like, these are the best pancakes I've ever had. And Louise Beavers is being nice. Oh, you, you, that's very nice. My mom passed me, passed me down this recipe. But she's like, no, no, no. We should actually, like, Claudette Colbert sells her house and, like, opens a business banking on people liking these pancakes and it, it it blossoms into this huge business and Louise Beavers doesn't have to be a housekeeper anymore but she still works with Claudette Colbert it's a very sweet story but 
Louise Beavers has this daughter who is who is trying to pass as a white person because she's very light skinned and it's 1934. Um, and it becomes this this really interesting like there's it's funny because there's this whole side story with Claudette Colbert and her daughter and how her daughter ends up having this infatuation with Claudette Colbert's new beau. And that that's kind of where they want the movie to go, except for the more compelling story by far is this relationship between um Louise Beavers and her her daughter, whose name is Piola. Um, it's a really interesting movie, and I don't know if either of you saw the movie Passing that actually came out a few years ago on Netflix. It's what I was oh, just I love that movie. And that was that was the first time in my like very uneducated mind I'd even ever heard of that as a concept back in the in, in the you know segregation days of the 20s, 30s, and 40s of uh, particularly black women passing as white to just kind of get through their everyday life. But this was so interesting because the daughter starts from like the age of nine being like, I'm not black. I'm white. Don't call me black. Her mom shows up to school one day and she's, she is embarrassed beyond belief because Louise Beavers is very much black and she does not look like her at all. And it's, it's a really compelling story that like, again, a movie I by just blind, dumb luck was like, I'm, I'm going to get this. <laughs> But is so well worth your time. Um, it's really interesting. And uh, considering movies from 1934 that I've seen um, is really, really worthy of a, a, a viewing. So that's that is my very much breaking the chain of uh, fun movies. Um, but that is absolutely my recommend uh, this week. That's a, I want to see that, that though. Great. I'm very interested in that. Me too. And it's o- let's do a watch party. It's only been on uh, Criterion for a little bit, um, but it's yeah, it's really good. I'm not, I wasn't familiar with the director either, and apparently it was remade in the fifties. Um, but uh, but yeah, so Imitation of Life, Imitation of Life, uh, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, which of course that's that's got all of our ringing endorsement behind it, uh, and Clue, which I would also say also has all of our ringing endorsement behind it. Yes. Um. So now now we're gonna talk a little bit about. The Thin Man. Um, this was directed by uh, W.S. Van Dyke. Should say that The Thin Man is part of a uh, a much bigger um, franchise of films, a very popular franchise. One might say the most popular early franchise that we kind of know in in modern filmmaking. The Thin Man series were uh, roundly loved by uh, modern day audiences, and um, there I think there were were there six of them. Six. Yes. So, I mean, you know, before horror took off and became the genre of choice for sequels, you had the Thin Man movies. So Thin Man universe. There you go. Um, it was it was adapted by Albert Hackett and Francis Goodrich based on the Dashiell Hammett novel. Uh, I My list later revolves around Dashiell Hammett. So I will kind of Ooh. be vague and mysterious for now. Um our cast. Here we go. Uh, we have William Powell as Nick and Myrna Loy as Nora. They are the Charleses. They are our main couple throughout the movie. Uh, we have Maureen O'Sullivan as Dorothy Winant, the daughter of the man who goes missing, uh, um, who is uh, played by Edward Ellis. I, I looked I looked down here. He was actually credited as the thin man, which is like, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, yep. Nate Pendleton, or Nat Pendleton, excuse me, plays Lieutenant John Guild. Uh, Minna Gombell plays Mimi Winant Jorgensen. Uh, Porter Hall plays Herbert McCauley. Henry, Henry Wadsworth plays Tommy. William Henry plays Gilbert Winant. There's, I, I got to get through these people because there's a lot of people, especially in that final dinner scene. So it's, it's, it bears mentioning their names just to get One them all out there. I would say too many people. I would say so too. What a chaotic dinner scene that was. Um, Harold Huber plays Nunheim. Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero. That's that's fun. Um, 
plays uh, Chris Jorgensen. Natalie Moorhead plays Julia Wolf. Edward Brophy plays Joel Morelli. And um, and Skippy, who plays Asta the dog. Oh, Asta. Uh, whenever you need a well-timed uh, punchline of a joke, you've got you've got Asta there, which was which was nice. Um, uh, W.S. Van Dyke has no other films in the book. Um, but it was, you know, the year it came out, it was fairly popular. It was on the National Board of Review's top 10 films of the year. It was nominated for four Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Director, Actor, and Adapted Screenplay. It lost all of those to the far superior It Happened One Night, a movie I oh, just, yes. a movie I just fucking love. I just. It's so pleasant. It's, it's, it's so good. Um. Uh, this film was inducted into the National Film Registry in 1997. Um, uh, some other films included that year would be uh, another episode of the show, West Side Story, uh, Mean Streets, which I believe was a Joey recommend, right? Yes, it was. It was for, I want to say, Drive. No, it was, um, wasn't it uh, uh, The Leopard? Because of yes, The Leopard. Because of the Italian. <laughs> That's hey, what it was. The guy. <laughs> Gobble ghoul. <laughs> God, that was a while ago. It sure was. It took me a second. I I, I was actually thinking of uh, like Il Gattaparato, which was the like uh, Italian translation of the film. Wow, <laughs> I am on a tangent there. Uh, other films inducted that year, Wings, the very first Best Picture winning film, mm-hmm. uh, Hitchcock's Rear Window, and The Bridge on the River Kwai. Just some other Ooh. films inducted. I mean, that's that's a solid, solid group. Yeah. Um, Is this film, my compatriots, on the IMDb Top 250. I sure as hell didn't check, so I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no as well. It is not on the list. It is absolutely not on the IMDb 250. Um, I believe, last time I checked, uh, Joker still is. Joker is still. Oh, okay, thank God, thank God. We can keep IMDb. that bit going. We got on a Perfect. second time, I heard. They, they, it's so good, they gave it two slots. It did. Did they already put Joker 2 once more with feeling on there as well? Lady Gaga's you know, in it, so I don't know yes. what it's called. It, it, so, okay, great. It actually, well, if, funny thing, um, Joker and Joker 2 were on there, and then Across the Spider-Verse crept up, and then instantly it changed into the second time Joker was on the list. So that's actually Oh, no, okay, that, great. So works. who do I have to go, like, smash So actually, now? here's the thing. Like, just smash their skull here's, in. Here's the great thing about that. It's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a big entity, right? So there's no one person you can smash. Uh, okay, so, great. Which is going to make it really difficult to get that second Joker off of the list. Um, great. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So this is my new life goal. Um, goodbye, everyone. This is, It's been fun. Um, now I, I get my life over to this getting joker off the list <laughs> um so long time listeners of the show uh know that i whenever i could would uh try to bring up bosley crowther uh, of the new york times uh and then you know the funny thing about about bosley crowther you know he didn't have a lot of uh uh great things to say Around, uh, I believe, Cool Hand Luke was the episode that he said some some not great things. Um, but this is an older film, so it wasn't Bosley Crowther at the New York Times. It was oh. it was Mordant Hall. Um, what a name! Which just like Bosley Crowther to me is like what a, that's that's a name. And um, 
I, I, I'll, I'll work on Mordent's voice at a later time. I don't want to take too much time. I feel like he has a deeper voice. Mordent, probably, Mordent yeah, it's Hall. probably pretty deep. Like, like yeah, it's very in the chest. Cigar-shaped voice deep in there. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. You got to smoke a cigar while you he, you read Mordent it. Mordent Hall so. never had less than four scotches before he wrote a review. So. No. Absolutely. That's... He probably brought it to the movie with him. They just would bring it to, to his chair because it would just say reserved for... Uh, I I think that's absolutely right. I I don't want to read too much of it because it really is just a plot recap, which is like all reviews were back in the day. Um, (laughs) But the the final two paragraphs, I just like because it just sets us in 1934. Um, Charles, and he's referring to um, uh, to Nick. Nick. uh, Charles believes in staging his final connection with the case effectively. In this instance, he gives a dinner for all the curious persons involved in one way or another in the mystery. And it is at this neatly arranged banquet that the identity of the Slayer is revealed. Mr. Powell's performance is even better than his portrayals of Philo Vance in S.S. Van Dyne stories. That must have been popular at the time as well. I have no idea. Um, he has good lines and makes the most of them. Marino Sullivan is attractive as Wynant's daughter, and Henry Wadsworth is capital as her fiance. Among others who serve the film well are Mr. Pendleton, Mina Gombell, Porter Hall, and the wire-haired terrier. So that's that's get it, Asta. What a get it. what a what a what a what a good review from our our, our man Mordent Hall. Um, I thought Dorothy was seen as just attractive. Just yep, that's all women are. That's it. That's that's it. That's all. Thank God she was cute. Yes, yes. I mean, I- I'm glad at least she got mentioned because yeah. remember our our Boston crowd there was like too many women equals a bad too many movie. <laughs> that oh, <laughs> too many dames. Um, <sighs> but and and you know our our off mic comments again. I think I think we're gonna find ourselves on the other side of this because this has a 98 percent critical and 94 percent audience Rotten Tomato score. Um. But we'll, you know, we'll we'll break that down as yes. we get to to talking about the movie. Um, I I have a, a very serious question for the both of you. Uh, okay. Do you like lists? How dare you? No. Okay. But I'll I endure lists specifically for this podcast. Okay. Okay. Well, I do significantly. Do- okay. Okay. Um. Well, I have one, and I uh, won't. Maybe, maybe it will. Maybe it won't surprise you to find out that finding a list related to the Thin Man was dreadful. This was very. <laughs> this was the hardest part of of researching this movie. Was were you just gonna make your own list? I for a while there, I didn't. I didn't know what I was gonna do. I thought I was just gonna like, just say like, um, just try to play it off as if I didn't didn't look. I looked. And then I found one I didn't like. I was like, I can't do this. And I and I gotta be real. I'm not a big fan of the list I found either. But <laughs> at geeks.com, G-E-E-K-S, geeks.com. Um, I am gonna classy. give you uh the thankfully short top five best adaptations of Dashiell Hammett novels on screen. Hmm. <laughs> wow, good for him. Which for I thought five. was is you know, well, and actually, there he has he has a few more. Um, he does, yeah. he does. Uh, so at number five, and the reason that we are talking today, the Thin Man. Uh, at number four, uh, a 1929 film called Red Harvest, 
Uh, apparently, fun fact, the Coen brothers used this as inspiration for their first film, Blood Simple. So Ooh, at least some kind, some kind of a connection to that one. Um, number three, also from 1929, The Dane Curse. I have never heard of this movie. Uh, number the- number two, and movie I own and have not seen, a movie called The Glass Key. The Glass Key, film film noir, more traditional film noir. Uh, I like the name. Yeah, The Glass Same. Key. That's a I also great have a movie name. called, I have a movie with um, uh, uh, Charles Lawton and, uh, Joe, you got to help me out here. Who is the, Ray Milland uh, from um, from Lost Weekend. Lost Weekend. Um, there's also a great, a great film noir with them called The Big Clock. Clock? That's a good, I, there's an L. Yeah. Making sure that that's I said that right. I am four beers in, but I can't say clock. So there we go. Uh, and the number one Dashiell Hammett adaptation, which will probably surprise no one, is the Maltese Falcon. The Maltese Falcon. Yes, yes, of course, of well, course. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully, is that's the uh, the most popular Dashiell Hammett adaptation. Okay, so the Thin Man. What is the Thin Man about? Well, let me tell you. Uh, an old curmudgeon inventor decides that he needs to get away from the big city and uh, disappear for three months. He disappears, all right, in the fact that he is dead. And uh, <laughs> there is a, a whole slew, a whole slew of people who could possibly be the killer. And all Nick and Nora Char- Charles want to do is just kind of go on a vacation and drink every second of the day. Uh, and every single, like... <laughs> like a drop of liquor in the city uh teaching bartenders because <laughs> yes mm-hmm. uh but based on circumstance and prior relationships they they find themselves in enwrapped into the case and ultimately as mentioned in mordant hall's wonderful review uh there's a a final scene at the dinner table where the killer is finally revealed um so i listen I tend to pick. I want to be honest with you too. First, for like on air, I just did like an on air confession about this. I often will when I think about movies to do for the podcast. I just pick stuff that I have purchased and never seen to give me a That's reason fair. to to like. Oh, I finally pop this fucking thing in, and then we can have a conversation about it. Now, did I do the same thing with Treasure of the Sierra Madre? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> do I feel nearly as badly about it? No, I don't. I don't Good. feel nearly as bad you this time around. You shouldn't. I think that Treasure of the Sierra Madre is like securely in our bottom of bottom of the list of, of worst movies on, on this podcast so far. I, I liked this. I had a lot of fun with this movie. Well, and so and this is that's I and I, I kind of yeah. did too. Uh but it's also it's and I don't know. If if it's just like what I've been watching lately, or coming out of the Bong Joon Ho ranking, or or what, but like, I got done watching the movie the first time, and I I was just kind of like, yeah, okay, like I wasn't I was by no means it's 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 for anybody who ends up watching this it's it's right about ninety minutes it is a very fast watch. Oh no, it's not, Brit. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I have to disagree with that because I watched this with my sister and we kept checking the time bar going, is there really more of this movie? Uh, I'm confused. What else can happen? Like, where is this movie going? And I thought maybe I just don't like movies from like the 30s or the 40s. Maybe I just I'm not into them. And then we watched other movies the same weekend. I was like, oh, no, I just didn't really like this movie. OK, fine. But it was a that was the 
longest 90 minutes I have ever watched on a film. <laughs> that felt longer than The Leopard, and that movie's four hours long, okay? Wow. I, I thought this moved too fast. I thought we needed to let some things build because, I, you know, I think this movie isn't a movie you like because of the plot, because the plot's kind of all over the place, because it moves so fast, it doesn't let things kind of develop. It's just like, oh, now we're here. Now we're with this guy. And there is no plot. Yeah, but I will watch Nick and Nora do anything together forever. And I I watched the second Thin Man. There's actually a plot, so it's a better movie. Uh, but I fucking had so much fun watching this and watching the two of them together. I didn't want it to end. I love them. And they're amazing. Brit, I felt like you were ready to jump in. That's why I was holding back. I was just like, okay, I'm okay. Be no, it's not that I don't like Nick and Nora. I just feel like if you are going to be doing a film that is supposed to be a murder mystery story, and you are just focusing on two characters that have incredible chemistry, maybe just make it about them instead of trying to to have this murder mystery cake and eat it too. It was so convoluted. And it did not tie together in the end. And I did not feel like Nick and Nora brought it in. It, I, they did not bring me in enough to want this to happen. I wish this entire movie had taken place just at the first party. If everything had happened then, I think we would have a movie that I'd enjoy. Instead, they had to add in all these extra set pieces and bodies and people that were just not interesting. Well, and, and by the time we got to the end, I was like, I don't care who killed him. I don't care. So just can this movie end? So that's I I it's, you, you both have said things that I totally agree with, and um, I so I rewatched it today. Now it wasn't like I'll be honest, it wasn't a true rewatch. I was doing like some other things, but I was sure. you know, I was paying enough attention to get it. And the first ten minutes is all about uh the uh I'm gonna get the wrong Winant. I gotta make sure I get his name right. Clyde Clyde Winant. Um the the inventor, the thin man, and. I'm watching the beginning of this movie and having seen the first one or having seen it again uh, so kind of close together, the opening is so – it's actually really frustrating because you realize that – and, and it's a true – it's like a true Dashiell Hammett MacGuffin, right? It's like whatever Wynett is talking about, whatever, whatever he's leaving town for, never – it's never revealed. It's never really important. And then – the relationship between Macaulay and Wynette, sorry, spoiler, spoiler alert for a movie that's like almost 100 years old. Um, Macaulay, his lawyer, is the guy who kills him. But that's clear from but day one, right? From point one? Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's the clearest thing in this movie. Uh, right. It, it's, as clear, it's as clear as knowing that Wynette is the thin man. Um, yep. But uh, – but I, it's just that the opening 10 minutes almost just makes it more frustrating knowing knowing kind of where we're going to go. But I am with I'm with Joey that like every time Nick and Nora were on screen, it was fun to watch them. I I I, I was oh no, I, I know that you weren't I know that you weren't disagreeing with that, Britt. But the uh today upon upon my rewatch, my my absolute favorite not just favorite scene but my favorite moment is when um Nick is trying to console Dorothy and he's giving her a hug and Nora walks in the face. He's like, he gives him the like, "Mm," and she scrunches at him and he scrunches back. I was like, that is, that is, those are to me, those are like 
That's a goal. I want I want my relationship to be as sound and solid as them. I just I loved it. It's really nice to see a married couple, especially a married couple at this time, that like each other and are enjoying <laughs> being married. It's like, oh, great. You can have a great time being married. I have a great time being married. I love my husband. He's my best friend. We genuinely get sad when we don't get to hang out because that's how much we enjoy each other. So it's nice to see a couple that also feels that way about themselves where they could just have a Christmas by themselves shooting the Christmas tree and um, drinking too much alcohol. And that's okay. I think that's one of my favorite things about this movie because I was listening to somebody who, and I can't remember where I heard this, but somebody mentioned that at this time, Either people were trying to get into a marriage or they were trying to get out of marriage in movies. They weren't necessarily just married. And it's it's super cool to see this awesome couple together that, that gets along. They have the same vices. They don't make each other feel bad about being alcoholics, I guess, um, or shooting the Christmas tree. But, but that's great. I love that aspect of it. But that's also where the movie kind of loses me. Oh, that's where I'm brought in because... Uh, like, I don't particularly care about the crazy old lady with the husband who gets shot, right? Like, that doesn't matter. But watching Nick interact with them and then talk about it with Nora and just thinking about how much fun that would be, it makes me care about things that otherwise didn't work. So, like, like that, that lady, even when she showed up again, I think normally I would have been like, oh, why is she here again? She served her purpose. But I was like, oh, oh, they're going to do something. Now Nora's here. So, it, it, like, I was fully in because of them. Well, and that's, I, 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 yeah, I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I'm with both of you. I mean, yeah, I mean, every time that Nick and Nora come on screen, there's a reason to pay attention again. Whenever we were just, whenever we were just with the Winants, but actually, and to be fair, the Winants that weren't Dorothy, I was like, I, what, why, why the, f- I don't care about, I don't care about the ex-wife, I don't care about the son. I didn't care about these people at oh, all. No, I could get more Gilbert the whole time. <laughs> My, I loved Gilbert. You loved mommy issues, Gilbert. Mommy Issues Gilbert was I a tough I love Mommy hang. Issues Gilbert, absolutely. I, I think Mommy Issues Gilbert should have had more screen time. He was the most interesting person in the movie, other than the Nora. Yeah, mommy, mommy. He actually had a weird background. He was like a criminologist. If he was, like, if this was modern days, he would have a creepy YouTube channel. Are you kidding me? I would be all about watching a movie about Gilbert. I would, watching Gilbert just made me think of the brother from Wedding Crushers. I don't have a reference for that because I've only seen Wedding Crashers once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that that that's that's who Gilbert is in twenty two thousand and four. Fine, I'm gonna do it. Gilbert's my unsung hero, you guys. I loved Gilbert one hundred percent. I thought Gilbert should have been in more of the movie. I was totally on board with him. So, is this my new meatloaf? Yep, I guess so. Gilbert forever. Gil- Gilbert's such a hardo. Oh, hey, officers, I've read some books on psychology. I can maybe help you. Like, I wanted, I wanted, lute- yeah, I wanted I would lieutenant. Yeah, I Listen. I wanted the lieutenant to put that meaty paw across Gilbert's face. <laughs> I wanted Gilbert to be the killer. I was like, he's he's in criminology. He's not like, interesting He knows enough. everything. His dad doesn't pay attention to him. They already said he's weird. Like, let him be the killer. He's not interesting enough to be the you killer. You too, Gilbert? <laughs> I, I, I love... He, he, the killer did, should be he interesting. He <laughs> He didn't say paranoia. He said like paranoia, and I was like, "Dude, <laughs> this is amazing!" Oh my gosh, he said so many words wrong. I loved him so much. 
I was like, you know what? Give me more Gilbert. Yeah, I think Gilbert learned English with the script. I think he was just like, they took him off. They like pulled him out of Russia and they're like, all right, this is English. And he's like, paranoia. I loved it. I loved everything about it. When he was like, I saw my father in my crystal ball. I was like, again, here for it. Gilbert, you're coming in with those clutch lines when I'm just about to fall asleep. So Gilbert forever. I like Dorothy a lot. And when, when they were like fighting over who's parent issues were worse like that was funny but then i was like oh gilbert Gil- Gil- gilbert gilbert gets lo- gilbert has a tough time in the world like gilbert gilbert might end up running a hotel by himself one day he does say that she has a real oedipus complex and i was like gilbert i don't think you understand i don't think that works in the way that you think it does but that, you know what i'm gonna give it to you buddy because you seem to have a tough time in life right now so go for it gilbert i it, it was <laughs> i mean i know this movie is like i guess a comedy but the way in which everybody <laughs> everybody besides dorothy did not give one good goddamn that that the father had died it was just like huh where's this money <laughs> Okay, and Dorothy was a little too close with her father. I'm not sure if either of you noticed it, but both my sister and I, shout out Aaron, um, went, during the very first scene, we both were like, why are they sitting so close? There should This is really uncomfortable. It was like uncomfortably close between the two of them to the point where I was like, this is not right. The, I, I love my father so much, but if I thought my dad killed somebody, I don't think I'd take the blame for him. Going to be perfectly honest, good, good King John Reinholds, you're going down if you murder someone. I'm not stepping up for you, but I will visit you in jail. That's, that's fair. I mean, I'm... Dorothy is ride or die. <laughs> she did. My my oldest is, is just like just turned nine a couple weeks ago, and like there'll be times now where she's like, she, she she's she's like she's nine she's a, like she's a like a like a little human and she'll be like why do you always carry sophie to bed because i'm like because like she's five i can carry her she's like, carry me i'm like get the fuck away from me i can't carry you what are you talking about <laughs> and then she like she'll do they she'll, she'll ask for a hug and then she just dead weights me i'm like oh you little bitch why are you doing this this hurts <laughs> well we knew which one of your daughters like, is taking the fall now. for you when you start no. your murdering spree <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my youngest for sure. So Sophie, Sophie is my ride or die. Absolutely. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, see, I think um, my dad would also not expect my sister to take. My sister would turn him in and be like, "I love my father. He did it, and here's all the evidence." So he knows. Damn. He knows that neither of us are going to take the fall for him. It's cold. It's cold. It's the right thing to do. <laughs> well, it depends so, who he kills. I... <laughs> mm. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. So I and and th- this might this is really like an open ended question, but and and maybe the the true answer is is that it doesn't really matter. But as you're as you're watching the movie, did 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 either of you at any point have any kind of a strong sense as to who the the well, who the murderer was or if Wynette was really alive or what was going on? Like I I I kind of I'm curious to know your thought process as going through this. I assumed, I didn't know, even not knowing if he was alive or not, I, I assumed, it, I thought it was the lawyer from the first time we'd met him, and then when he, then when he went and met with Nick the next morning, I was like, oh, okay, this guy did it all. I think they kind of showed oh. their hands a little bit. Oh, that's interesting, because I, I definitely did not get that vibe. 
No, me neither. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, oh, so this is the guy. Which was, honestly, it made me just more engaged with Nick and Nora. I didn't have to worry about the actual mystery of the murder. So when it comes to a mystery plot, I really look for high stakes, red herrings, strong atmosphere, clues, 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 and a knowable cast of bonkers characters. I think that it's very important to set things up so that the audience could figure it out. And I guess it was set up enough, like Joey was able to figure it out. I I was not. I didn't think there were any... At the end, when he was like, and it's the lawyer, I was like, oh, so you just picked and chose whoever you thought was most interesting at the moment. Oh, they never explained why. Good job, movie. It was just like kind of like, oh, I give money to his mob girlfriend, whatever. I was like, oh, this guy's sketchy. And then the fact that he actually did give the money made me actually question myself for a second. But, um... Well, and I I will say that the second watch... It, and again, it's it's you know doing the backpedaling thing and kind of seeing where they plant things. And I do think that there are there are some moments of like, oh, okay, I, I you're totally right. Like, oh, I, I I talked to him today. I was like, oh shit, no, oh really, you talked right. to him today. He's been dead for quite a while. Um, and it does make the I, it does make the last dinner scene a little fun when you realize that the lawyer's like, what's going on? Oh, I'll, I'll let you know later. Come, sit by me, and then it, it it all makes sense. Put him close, of course, because you realize he's going to have the reaction. Like that's there's that's payoff. all fine, but it's I, there's payoff on the second time when you know who you're watching for. But it's not as it's not as joyful as like a real mystery that you rewatch and you go, oh, what are yeah, you know? And and I have too many modern day examples, which probably isn't fair, but like. There are there are too many better mysteries, you know, throughout the span of time where you can rewatch it and go, God, that was slick. That was really great how they they set this up. I mean, I mean, I don't spoiler alert for a movie we'll talk about next season, but like the way that Memento is set up and the way I, w- I have that written down. <laughs> and right. I know, and totally different, totally different vibes, totally different eras, but totally, but there are and like, but you even mentioned Clue, and Clue is still a fun like. I, you know, it's I don't know what it is. I Nick and Nora do make the movie watchable, but it's like it really truly is a like when the when the murder becomes a backseat to just watching Nick and Nora have fun banter, yes. it's tricky. It's it's a hard and like and then the other thing I thought was, man, entertainment back in the thirties was probably pretty scarce. Like this was probably like the sh- this was the shit, man. This was everybody was talking about the thin man when it came out. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I, I think in terms of like forensics, it's also a little bit different now when we have like <laughs> science behind it. And back in the day, it was like, oh, when because at some point Nora says something, Nick, like, well, oh, well, you know, what's, and he's like, just my gut. And he was right. But like, that's kind of what it was. So I also went into it thinking he, that he's like, wearing a belt buckle, DWR. It must be the guy with the last name of R. It's right. Like, oh, yeah. What a. Lot of jumping to conclusions, so I kind of went into it knowing that it wasn't going to be this like um, police procedural attached to a murder mystery. So that also helped my expectations. Yeah, I I can see that, but at the same time, you look at like an Agatha Christie novel, and it's still better laid out than what we got here and I do have a theory for for why this film is laid out the way it is it's because the director 
requested that when the screen the screenplay was being made that they focused on Nick and Nora because he knew he was going to be casting the two people that he cast. He knew that those he had worked with them before. He knew they had incredible chemistry, which they do. I mean, they are just magnetic watching them on it's incredible and so so they purposefully focused on that relationship and the murder mystery kind of went to the the wayside which I do think is a bit of a hindrance in this movie because it it's kind of wishy-washy and where we should be focusing and that's that's where I kind of fall in the uh, yeah well that's it's it's unfortunately supposed to be a mystery and it doesn't it's too there there are too many moments that you're like wait how did we get to two bodies how did we get to like the thin man in a big suit like this is just it doesn't connect yeah that's where i wanted it to like let some things flush out a little bit before just like hopping to the next like manhattan um manhattan scene or the martini scene or whatever like let's 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 let something build for like a second let us get it but hey it is what it is. <laughs> I well, and that's kind of why I wish this movie all took place on one night. Like if it was, if it was one, you know, like the the rule of like the twenty four hour one one place, uh, one like helps. evening. Yeah, I think it would have been a lot better because you already had the cast of characters in the same place, right there in the in the first party. That reminded me of like. I don't know about you, Adam, but I was watching it going, oh, my God, it's like a college acting party. I'm so glad I don't go to those anymore. But that's that's what that reminded me of. Um, and and I was like, oh, I wish the whole movie happened here because Myrna Loy was wearing that incredible dress. Um, it was perfect. Uh, but but then they just kept bouncing around and it just didn't it just felt it was too much. It was too much for me. It wasn't enough. I, 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 I went so, and watched the second one right I, after. Well, and it's funny, it's, it's, I, and Britt, I, I know you're shaking your head, but it's funny because I, as much as I, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of the movie and I, but I'm not, I also don't like, I don't hate it, but there is, there is a, a, a bug in me that wants to see the further adventures of Nick and Nora because they're so, they're just so, they were so fun to watch. I, I have a, I mean, Joey, maybe you can give us a little plot rundown on the second one, but it's like, I have a feeling that it's still mostly about those two and they're fucking awesome back and forth. Yeah. I mean, there's more of a plot to the second one. It's, you know, more of a fun mystery, but, um, you know, it's actually, it's more fleshed out and, but it's, it's just them two being just more charming than people should be. Even though it sort of looks like this is mean. I'm not going to say that. That's mean. But you can say it and we can cut it. It's fine. You no judgment here. This is a safe space of us and our listeners. So at any point, did it look to you like the bottom of Nick's face was melting off? <laughs> I love him. I I will I, I can like say that never occurred to me, but now I'm going to look him up. I was like, "Oh, it, it kind of looks like like Oh, good, and then like melting candle a little bit, but you um, know, I, I I will I will say that he a little jowl yeah he it this is this is the era of the the unattractive leading man right where it was more about your wit and your cunning than it was about your physical appearance and he has that in spades but then again 
but that's and that's also it's 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 funny it was actually kind of a breath of fresh air and it's like what i said about the like naked michael kane and get carter it was like i kind of like that William Powell is just sort of a, a, a kind of a normal looking dude yeah. and that he that you like I just I I liked that he, he I don't know he didn't look jacked or like the chiseled jaw he was just a guy who had a quick Do wit. You wish he looked like a guy um, who drank too much for you <laughs> well yeah it was right after prohibition stopped like the year after was when this was made so you know everybody was drinking and they had money so they but never I do stopped have their, I have a very, very serious question. Do you wish there was a scene, like in Get Carter, that he was just fucking buck naked with a shotgun at the front door? Listen, like we, the scene was written for the movie. It's the scene where he's shooting his BB gun. The scene with him, could you imagine him naked with his feet up, like holding the gun? Incredible. That would have been, like just balls dangling. It would have been amazing. I would have been into it. Would have totally changed the mood of the movie for me. IMDb top two fifty for certain if that happens, and only if it lingers for like an, an like two minutes too long. I think that it would be above Joker if that were the case. Like, let's be real. I love I love that we're talking about a potential a potential nude scene where MGM was concerned about lines uh, like this. He Why didn't come near my, my tabloids. <laughs> Well, yeah, and and this is a pre-code movie. Like you know, there there's some raunchy moments in this. Like we see Julia, it's Julia Wolf, right? Which is the the secretary, the secretary, incredible name by the Great way. Name. Like that's just one of the best names I've ever heard. But we see her boyfriend leaving. Like there, she's obviously like hosting men, multi like multiple different men. So it, you know, there's some. There's some raunchier stuff in this because it's technically like the year the code came out. I I wanted to, I got I I have to bring this up because this was mm-hmm. this caught me on the rewatch, and uh, I, I, I I this is gonna say more about me than anything else. But so <laughs> Winant Winant discovers that the bonds are not in his safe, and yes. and Tanner's like, oh, I think it was I think it was Julie. He's like, ah, it must be, and he goes he goes back to where he is living, I believe. And and Morelli is there, and Morelli goes, "I think you're in the wrong place, buddy." And, and I was like, "Okay, listen, strange man in my home, don't buddy me. I have a problem with people I know calling me buddy. Don't you fucking call me buddy. I'm not your buddy, was, pal. I oh, don't call me pal, Mister. I it was seriously like I uh I uh don't I I, I <laughs> buddy." You don't you don't even call your good friend buddy. I was I was I was fully in Winant's corner when that happened. Yeah, Mor- Morelli Morelli knew what he was doing. That was, you know, like I I wanted Winant to call him chief. I guess I haven't really had somebody call me buddy very often. Maybe this is because I am a, a woman and a female identifying. But I, like it's it's all about woman. the it's the cadence though. It'd be like it, if like if I was if it I was matters. upset with you, it was like listen, it was like listen, ma'am, and I called you ma'am with a tone. You'd be like, oh fuck you, buddy, and then we'd have a thing. Going. You know what fucking gets me? I've had people snap at me before to get my attention, and I almost quit my job. I was like, you do not disrespect me like that. Uh, yeah, somebody snapped at me and then, like, indicated somewhere. And I was like, what am I, a fucking dog? No. So, 
it's happened to me a couple times this, where people will snap at me. And I'm like, I'm paying attention, you little fuck. This is the best episode that we've done so far. This is <laughs> this is great. I'm loving every second of this. Um, so don't snap at me. Don't call them, buddy. Yeah. We're we're set. We're good. Yeah, I, I totally, totally. Um, also, fifty thousand dollars in 1934. That's a lot of money. What? Listen, what was what was winding up to? I mean, I know he had some kind of a, at the very least, part of a, a smelting process that apparently was was significant. But well, apparently he had a like the person, the big man that the thin man's bones were found in the suit of. He like stole his smelting process from him. So I'm assuming that he allegedly stole the money from him as well. Yeah, allegedly. It's very Oh, allegedly, yes, allegedly, like everything in this film, it, because there's no evidence to back any of it up. It's all circumstantial. And it, so it's so circumstantial. It's it's tricky because at the very beginning of the movie, Wynette is like moving something back and forth. I'm like, dude, you how you must have got lucky once with whatever you created, because the rest of your endeavors seem to be financially risky at best. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but now we know that he didn't know what he was doing because allegedly he didn't do it the first time. Well, I don't know why we're we're taking the word for the bigger man. I think um, Wynant created Dorothy and Dorothy's great. So I think Wynant's honest <laughs> because Gilbert is his mom's fault, as they describe. So Wynant did not steal from that man. That man was just sour grapes. And he should grow Gilbert's up. Gilbert's probably going to look into his crystal ball and tell you that you're wrong. So yeah, you know Gilbert's what? just going to run to wanna... mommy real quick. Gilbert, Gilbert wouldn't tell me I'm but, wrong. Yes, he is. He is absolutely going to run to mommy, who looks the same as Julia Wolf. At one point, I was like, wait, that, didn't uh, she die? That, yes, that was... That Great was, point. Even, Very confusing. And and even uh, Morelli's... Uh, uh, yeah, Morelli's... No, not Morelli. Uh, Nunheim's gal, who I believe her name was Marion... Um, they all kind of look the same, but she had and the crazy was, hair, so it helped to distinguish. I, yeah, but it was it was a lot. I I agree with you. It was it was a bit tricky to keep up with uh with who was who. Yeah, that was tough. The movie. I, I'll give you that. The, um, the platinum I, blondes. I will say, well, and just nobody was quite that interesting, so it was difficult to even give them a personality trait, which is probably why I latched onto Gilbert because I was like, "Hey, you're creepy and weird, so I know who you are." And, and it's funny, I, I, I really, actually, I strongly agree with that because my my unsung hero technically went uncredited, but my unsung hero is um is Marion. Um, her name is Gertrude Short, and when she was like, I wouldn't date no stool pigeon, but if I did this date a stool pigeon, it wouldn't be this, and it wouldn't be that, and she just, like, she was so feisty and fun. She had, like, two scenes, but, like, whenever she was on screen, I was like, this is new. This is an energy we didn't have before, you know? It's not just, like, give somebody an accent and call it good. Like, I, I really thought she was, <laughs> I thought she was fun. I, 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 I dug every time she was in the movie. I agree. Um, but I, I was going to say, there's, it's between the Thin Man and uh, the Jorgensen uh, and and Imitation of Life. And I also just recently watched uh, Mildred Pierce. It's really refreshing to see storylines where there are men 
trying to mooch off of the women who have made it. Or, I mean, I, I guess I can't say that the the Wynette wife really made it. But still, like, the, the men are kind of the, like, Jorgensen is such a, like, a schmo, like, oh, you didn't get the money. <sighs> I guess I'm going to leave. I just was like, dude, you are, you are a fucking schmuck, man. <laughs> I, lo- I wish people could have seen what you just did. Everything is you just like melted uh. down farther and farther from your mic <laughs> or into it. I don't know. I it, I am pretty close to it right now. Just for the. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what else, gang? What, what else do we have to say about the thin man? Um, let me see my my few notes. I just so like I was going to read the book. And then I watched the movie and I didn't care anymore and I didn't read the book and I kind of wish I had, but it was, I just found it difficult. It was kind of the same thing as, um, as the treasure of the Sierra Madre when I was like, I just can't get myself to, to do this. I've got to unpack my house and I'm going to unpack my house instead because I just can't, I can't dedicate any more time to this because I just was not invested in this movie. Um, personally if that's giving my hand away too soon i'm so sorry sounds like your watching scenario was distracting it wasn't it wasn't because my watching scenario was actually with my sister i spent three days with her and my nephew and we had like we put ray to bed at seven o'clock at night we made ourselves a lovely charcuterie board and we sat and watched movies so we actually weren't that distracted um and we both just tried really hard to get into it it didn't didn't work. I mean, and, and granted, you know, trust Wikipedia as far as you can, you know, throw something very, very heavy. But um, it apparently it's it the the film adaptation is pretty close to faithful to the, the Dashiell Hammett novel. And something that didn't come up like in the research of the film that only came up when I searched the movie or um, excuse me, the book is that do you know how many days they they it took to shoot this? Twelve days. That is insane. That's bonkers. wild. That's wild. I mean, even for old school, like we're filming twelve movies at the same time. That is that is fast. It's and and to be perfectly honest, they got some incredible incredible footage in that time, like really fantastic. My favorite scene in the whole movie is their their like Christmas Eve party. It's just fantastic. There's great coverage. Everything like everything that's happening in the background, but still focusing where we need to. It's such a good scene, and it's just unfortunate that again, that's where the movie kind of ends for me. I I agree with you on the scene. Although it's funny, there is when uh when Nick is kind of singing a little bit, there is a moment where the camera definitely drops, and half of his head is just like <laughs> gone. And I mean, I'm, they did, like, I think they were attempting coverage before coverage was really a concept in film. But, like, they clearly thought, like, they were going to cut to the next thing. And it just was like, nope, half his head is just out. It's out of the shot. Obsessed. <laughs> it's perfect. They were learning. They were learning. And they did great. And I, the slander <laughs> is outrageous. And I am calling shenanigans. Um shenanigans yeah this movie is a treat after after you know sometimes we watch things that are good but are heavy and exhausting this was light and fun and a goddamn great time and we don't get enough of those and nick and nora deserve all the praise in the world and i think we just end the podcast there because i am right
This is I think Myrna Loy is a treat. I'm I think she is just so charming. I I so charming. The best years of our lives, I think she's just like underutilized role that she absolutely crushes it in and seeing her here where she's just at just full powers and letting being allowed to just be wonderful and charming she's so good what i love about her and she was almost my unsung hero for this movie because she did not get a um she didn't get an oscar nomination when william powell did um i i think that she William Powell has a habit of kind of overacting in some of it and she's able to rein it in like she has full she is fully in charge of these scenes and it's it's really amazing to see that she's not kind of being pulled into him but instead allowing herself to grow around him while not being over uh, she's not upstaging him she's not upstaging anybody and that's a feat that is a feat the the upstaging thing is a great point because it seems like given the the script and and let's be honest just the time that this was made yeah. the idea of of William Powell kind of trying to take command and, and overacting in scenes is is par for the course but her not putting on some of the affectations that some of the supporting characters the supporting female characters had to do was a revelation and then when you watch it you know in 2023 and go Man, she didn't have to do that, and she's she's not just keeping up with him, but there are scenes where she's clearly ahead of him. Like oh, she's yeah. clearly got the yes. comedic beats, and like they and they they definitely trust her with a lot of those punchlines. And like, because you know, obviously she's the one's like, "What's he doing with? What's he doing in my drawers?" And and then William Powell has the big reaction, but like, she doesn't play into the comedy. It's it's I was. 30 second tangent. I just directed when I was uh, here a uh, production of God of Carnage and that that show can go off the rails if you play up the comedy. But if you play it serious, it's more funny. And so she clearly knows that as a concept because she doesn't say anything to be funny. She just says it and it is funny. And trusting your actress to do that is like, yes, it's great. And to see it in 1934 is amazing. Seconded, like Boom. beautifully put. I don't know. I'm clapping for you. <laughs> Please don't, don't encourage me. I don't want that. That's no good. That's what we're supposed to do here: oh. encourage each other, and then also talk about how sexy meatloaf is, right, Joey? It's devastating. You hate women getting chances in 1934 and love meatloaf. I just <laughs> I don't understand. Well, we're in Gilbert. Okay, hold on. Don't forget, I, I love Gilbert too. Let's actually Gilbert's my my unsung hero because you two were shitting on him so much. I was like, well, fine, Gilbert. <laughs> Gilbert was my my other choice, so I'm just gonna go for oh, it. Oh man, if thirty years later, no, let's do the math here. Forty, fifty years later, he he's Dahmer. That's 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 who he's gonna. Oh, one hundred percent. Maybe that's why I just am like, you know. Okay, it's fine. I right want to now, do it as a, I want to do 20, it. Twenty twenty three, Gilbert is sitting on Reddit, being like, "Oh, I'm the nice guy. My this girl, I bought her flowers, but she's talking to this other guy, and my mommy won't let me live there anymore unless I get a girlfriend, and I don't know what to do." Yep, he sure yeah, is. Yeah. Or Gilbert's he has his clown. own YouTube channel of true crime. <laughs> like that's that's the thing. But, He's gonna have but that it's all as true, well but and it, be very successful. But it's all true crime that like really focuses a little too much on women getting killed because he really wants to kill them, just doesn't oh, have the balls to kill anybody. Yeah, Gilbert, you need to get right. super oh, probably. kicked. All right, Adam, sorry, so, you are going to ask a question. Oh, yeah, a very, and a very serious question, too. Um, yes, of course. Uh, so, fuck, Mary kill. Hear me out. Okay. Oh, my yes. God. Yes! 
William Powell as Nick in this movie. Okay. Meatloaf as Eddie in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Perfect. And Paul Newman as Cool Hand Luke. Who? Oh, Jesus Christ. This is the easiest thing ever. You fuck Paul Newman, you kill Meatloaf, and you marry Nick. J- Joey? You kill Meatloaf. Meatloaf is fucking Ob- Obviously. Um, Meatloaf's fucking done. <sighs> <laughs> fucking you know, two out of three ain't bad fucking guy. Um, let's see. Yeah, I, I, you gotta marry Paul Newman. How do you not look at those eyes for the rest of your life? Will you know? Our Will Nick one and one done. A lot of fun. Get drunk. He'll teach you how to make some drinks that you could take into your wonderful life with Paul. Now, it's it's interesting that you you went to that, though, because I feel like this is also, like, clearly, as shown in the movie, they have separate beds. So maybe maybe you never really... Do you have to consummate it if you get if you marry it with, with William Powell? I don't think you have to, which means that you could just have Paul Newman on the side the entire time, and Nick can make you drinks. Perfect. I, I, like, like, for, like, honestly, though, I... I understand that as a culture back in that time, like like it was very common to to have more drinks, but like I I I rarely have hard alcohol. We had some friends visit us from Washington a couple weeks ago, and the first night they were there, I was I was making drinks, and the next day I I I hadn't had a mixed drink in a long time, and I was like, holy shit! Like I and I'm and William Powell is is like. <laughs> not a not a young man in this movie, but I I felt wrecked, and I I just could not imagine consuming that much alcohol. That is that is crazy to me. Or is it just that you never stop drinking? Is that the you whole never thing? Stop. You just never, you never as long stop as you drinking. as long as you, you never, never stop, stop, you can't get hungover. And if that's just yeah. that's just your lifestyle, he's. I mean, one of the quotes he says he says something like, "Oh, I haven't the time to take this case. I'm much too busy." Making sure that you don't blow any of the money that I married you for. Like, he needs this lifestyle. They need this lifestyle together. It's glorious lifestyle. There was also another line that I really, really liked. And it was between uh, Myrna Loy and the, like, detectives that come in or something. And they said, um, uh, oh, let me find it. Where is it? Oh, uh, is he working on a case? Yes. What case? Of scotch. <laughs> yes. Why don't you pitch in and help him? And I was like, oh, that's such a that's such a clever, great line. I love it. There's uh, there's also a line after they've gotten their picture ticket where one of the reporters is like, what are you going to do now? He's like, I'm going to catch up on some drinking. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I, there we go. There it is. They love their booze in this. And I mean, let's be real. I, I don't like I, I said, I think a couple weeks ago that I basically have stopped drinking at this point. Um, But I do drink like non-alcoholic beer and I, I still drink wine on occasion and a beer on occasion. I don't really drink hard alcohol um, at all. And I like I, I had a whiskey a, a while ago. And it was just too much. Like it was because I, when I did like drink, it was whiskey on the rocks or whiskey neat or a gin and soda. Like that's it. And, and man, a whiskey on the rocks was was like, oh, I don't need more than one of these. And so her getting just like six martinis just lined up. I was like, oh girl, that is gonna be rough. My gut would be on fire. Like I can't even imagine that at this moment. They just built different, just built different. But, but yep, they were built way different. 
Nora is. I'm too. I'm too delicate. Nora is stronger I than. I had a friend who told me that I was like a delicate Victorian with a weak constitution one time, and I was like, "Yeah, I think that's true." <laughs> we do get sick all the time. And Nora is stronger than all of us. She is. Nora is stronger than all of us. Adam and oh, I really support boy. her. Unlike some people here. You know what? You know what? I'm not taking this shit today, Joey. I'm not taking this shit. <laughs> Joey, please, I don't put words in my mouth. Don't do that. I said we support don't, her. Don't let me in with you, buddy. I don't want to do that. You don't support. You Joey don't support is just her like, either. He wants to be my enemy every week, doesn't he? I just, I just take what's given. I am, I, I'm just, you no, know, I'm just here. Whatever's given, I, I, I latch onto. Who is, who is your unsung hero? I don't think we've gotten yours yet. Nora, Myrtleoy. I I love her so much. She's fantastic, and she's so good. Um, I had like all of my. Every time I had someone for unsung hero, I just always went back to her. She's so good, and so much fun, and really, you know, that. I know it was written for them, so. It's a little hard to say this, but like. I don't know if that chemistry and her she doesn't work and like kind of pushing him to get into it. This movie doesn't exist past 1934 and they didn't make six of them. So I just I really appreciate everything she puts into it and the, how good she was that they all trusted her to just do it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I also had the I also had Asta in, in line for my unsung hero, but I. Oh, fair. Yeah, that's great. We haven't talked enough don't about think... Asta. Oh, great. Great dog. I don't think they gave Asta enough to do. Like, Asta was there, but kind of like, kind of forgotten most of the time. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. There were some great punchline moments, you know, cover trying to cover it, uh, cover his ears when the, the, the bad singing was happening and, and, you know. Oh, I loved the bad singing. <laughs> Again. But like. I, acting, college acting parties. I, I couldn't, I was a little like at the end there where they, where he just tosses Asta out of the top bunk. I'm like, that, that you've, you've really stranded that dog up there because dogs he can't get down listen i have two dogs and they are clumsy as fuck and and they're clumsy going down like normal size steps right but like i you put that that dog unless you get that's a small dog that dog is doomed unless you grab it and i also that dog is also doomed to have them have train sex like that dog is going to be forced to listen to that yeah just that seems uncomfortable yeah, I uh, I agree. Although I think it's funny, Hitchcock kind of pays homage to that because in in uh, uh, North by Northwest, there's a definite train penetrating the overpass thing, and I think there's some mm-hmm. train sex here on uh, on the Thin Man. There is, which you wouldn't get really probably after uh, after the code was in place. So they they snuck that right in there. Yeah, they, right under the I'm radar. Doing a lot of Hayes Code research, so I'm very in a, a Hayes Code mindset right now. I don't know why. Because it's fascinatingly well, it, ridiculous. Well, it's just, it's so, it, it creeps me out is what yeah. it is. It creeps me out to instill those values into something like film. Correct. But, you know. Yes. Well, it's, That's for another podcast. It's funny how long those kind of laws can exist, though. I mean, there was a, there was a law, I'm dropping some real theater shit here for a second. There was, there was something yes. called, I believe it was the Theatrical Licensing Act of 1737 in England that basically gave <laughs> one man the power to approve what could be uh, performed in the city limits of London that didn't go away until after 1930. That law existed for two 
hundred years how did before that, it finally how did that person get picked to do that job uh, it, money probably it was um uh yeah there it was a it was a a uh a, a position that was created um there was i don't know i don't it wasn't they didn't have prime ministers yet but essentially like the first prime minister of england um was made fun of in various sketches and so they were like no more of this and we get to approve what you do oh oh thin-skinned politicians causing problems that, that never around, happens like how did it work around satire uh, so the only way it really worked was uh, these shows would have to perform on the outskirts of London. They couldn't be performed in the city limits. Um, but then, and, and the, yeah, so there's, I, I'm not, this is, that's very. That's really that's interesting. interesting. Yeah, I find I this did. really fascinating. So I'm but, like, please. But, please. Yeah, but yeah, me too. It, I did it, not know it, that. It, it lasted, it lasted for quite a while before it finally went away. Um, it's, yeah. it, that's very interesting because I, um, so burlesque also began as a political commentary because it was one of the only places that people were able to make political commentary, especially in European countries, um, because they couldn't really shut it down. Uh, and and so I find that very fascinating that that was happening at the same time. Yeah, those and those are all linked. Um, burlesque, mime, yep. satire, those kind of comedies. It was all mm-hmm. it was all around the same same period. Mm-hmm. And actually, our our villain in. Um, uh, and get Carter, John Osborne. It was around the time of his play, um, uh, "Look Back in Anger," that that that, yeah. that licensing act. It was like a little bit before that that, that finally went away, so that okay. these kind of plays could actually be done in London proper. I just like let's not censor shit. Let's not do that. Oh my god. Okay, this is just <laughs> riling me up now. But it should just be that um, easy. So anyways, back to easy. Gilbert. Yeah, and back to Gilbert. Uh, Gilbert would to censor Gilbert. everything. He's my unsung hero. <laughs> no, don't censor my weirdo. So, so Britt, was your your favorite scene was the Christmas party? Mm-hmm. Yep. I um gotta be perfectly honest, friends. I didn't. I don't have a best like a favorite shot. Well, my I just my actual. So my favorite scene is the Christmas party, and my favorite shot is literally the pan. Of her discovering him, the scrunch face that 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 the it's great. It is That's literally, the best shot. It, I I the, and I knew it was coming. And the second time I watched it, I was just grinning from ear to ear because I just loved how much was being said when nothing was said. I a truly well, great little fun moment. It's so nice to see like a man co- able to comfort somebody and his wife not immediately being like, right. what the hell are you doing? Because if I walked in on my husband hugging somebody, I probably would think, oh, my God, what happened to this person? Like, you know, not how dare my husband hug another human. So like that was really nice. So I'm going to steal yours. That's probably my favorite shot, too. Yeah, why not? We'll say that that's that's my favorite shot. Right, that's my favorite shot. You too, know what? So. And I'll switch my unsung hey. hero to Myrna Loy. I'm just kidding. It's just to spite you, Joey. Boo. <laughs> I like spite choices. I, somebody, I fully don't you support that. I'm mostly, I'm mostly aligned with Brit on most of this, but like, I can't, I can't get behind the Gilbert love. I can't. That's do okay. It. That's okay. You know what? At least there was a choice there. That's why I like Gilbert. At least they were like, we're gonna make him a creepy motherfucker, and that's fine. When I like, just, I still, I don't think I'll ever forget the like. <laughs> I've, I've done some research into this and paranoia, and I was like, <laughs> that's just still like one of the best. There's it's another. So great. There's another word that he says incorrectly. And I was like, oh, someone didn't know that word. Um, 
So uh, yeah, I don't know. I still love him. Still, did, still did he, fully. Did he say sex? I want a Gilbert shirt. Did he now. say sexagenarian, right? Or was that was that? I no, I believe he did okay, because okay. it's a sixty-year-old. I, I just was like that's what he was. I just wasn't yeah. sure if he said it because then they're confused. But clearly, that's just a word they've never heard, they've he, never heard before. I think that they were like, oh, sex, when it's really like sex, like we can't think that, right? Yeah. That I think is what it is, but you know, may- maybe that's just me being the Gilbert ap- uh, apologist. No, I think you're right. I, I think get you're that right. word out. Gilbert and me were too, too similar. Apparently, we can't say words. Um, I I don't I don't really have much else to say other than uh, the the other thing that really stood out to me for a film from 1934 is uh when when Nunheim the the scarred guy gets gets shot. He gets shot like the whole six. Like he gets wasted in that moment. He goes down those stairs hard, but not as hard as as they go down the stairs in M. So you know. Oh yeah. Oof. Sorry, M is right. Nobody can see this, but there's like literally a poster of M right. Yeah, it's amazing. Above Adam. So as soon as you said go down the stairs, I was like, yeah, but not like. Not like he did. You cannot look around my downstairs without being just bombarded with film. It it, it is. I'm so it obsessed with your face. It's, it's great. Yeah, I love it so much. It has inspired me. I want all these film posters and and fan art and everything. Do we already have a lot of nerdy fan art? Yes, we do. Do it up as much but as you can. Lots of anime. It's fun to have. It's fun to have. Yeah, it's um, great. Do it up. Joey, as our our uh, resident thin man uh, uh, aficionado, what what else what else do you have to to throw out into the into the world? I think we've said everything. Um, I, my favorite scene, though, is the dinner scene, just because it's. I like the setup for it, like, and I I, I don't know, but this is definitely among the first times this sort of thing has happened. Um, and I really, I just really enjoyed it. I was really all in on watching him explain and everybody's reactions. I, is it the greatest scene ever? No, but I had a lot of fun with it as the ending of this movie. So that's my favorite scene. Like I was happy the way that that it ended. I I, I liked uh, when the boyfriend of Dorothy comes in. And he's like, I don't know if I can be here. I'm gonna want to punch that guy. He's like, well, then he's like, well, then you definitely have to stay for dinner. <laughs> um, yeah, it definitely, it's it's to me and and. But I'm with Joey. That was that was my runner-up. I I think the um, the the innuendo and the jokes in the Christmas scene were a bit more up my alley. But I agree. I mean, the scene and the scene so heavily revolves around Nick and Nora, uh, and their repartee with the random guests at at their home. Yeah. And I think that's and those and those two scenes are really where they get to put that on display. Um. So yeah, I I I, I don't I think that's that's. In my mind, that's the clear second choice, but yeah. Yeah. I wish that there was just a little more setup to that scene. I, it's, I, I, and, and Joey, good, I mean, that's why I was like, good on you for knowing or kind of having the idea of who it was, but like, yeah. It's, yeah. But even, even when it, yeah, even when it, when they, when they, when you find out that it's the lawyer, and then when I watched it again, I was like, there, other than like the fun, other than knowing that, Nick is putting him intentionally next to him at the dinner scene. There's not much throughout the movie that leads me to believe that it's him. And like, I also felt like they had a good, I mean, not that, not that 
uh, people who are in a good relationship can't kill each other. But like that that scene where they're, he's getting in the elevator at the very beginning, I'm like, they seem to have a decent relationship. Like what? What the fuck's greed does funny things? It, apparently, it sure does. The movie didn't earn it. It just I just felt like they laid it out pretty <laughs> early on, and just let that be it until the payoff. I, I'm not saying they earned it. <laughs> you, I think. I think you are um, putting this movie in a light that I had not considered. So I do appreciate that, even though you're giving me so much shit about my unsung hero. So I'm just digging my heels in even even harder. Well, Gil- I mean, we don't have an LVP here, but Gilbert's in the running for for an un- unknown category. <laughs> okay, okay, I, I got one for you all. <laughs> Who's worse, Gilbert or the mom in The Leopard? Like, which one's worse? Gilbert. Oh, no way. I, it is 100% the mom and the leopard. She sucks. Yeah, I got to say I got to say I I think I think it's I think it's the mom and the leopard because Thank at you. least when Gilbert's on screen like I he's so he's so awkward that it makes me want to listen more. But like the mom I'm like please please go away. Please be as far away from me as possible. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, that's that's good. That's a great that's a great comparison. I like I like that. Yes, that's very on point. Um, thank you, Britt. Any? Do you yes. want to have? Would you like the last word on the thin man? Um, I don't know if I'm the right person to have the last word on this, but I will say that one of my favorite lines that Dorothy said in the whole movie is that she wanted her father to be a family annihilator instead of being, she was like, he should have just killed me and Gilbert and been done with it. And I was like, that's a thing. Men do that to their families. There are quite a few examples of that. Gilbert. Okay, that would be a very different movie. And then I was like, oh, that actually would have been so interesting if the, the, person the the lawyer apparently went around killing people as if the dad was killing them all and then i thought about that in the second watch and i thought that would have been a really interesting movie so i was just making movies that i thought would be more interesting in my head the, the lawyer having access to maybe some will documents maybe yes. beneficiaries change it's exactly exactly I, I, so I, I hear you i hear you um well then i think I think maybe it's it's question time, and I, as as I guess the person who selected this film, I'm going to decide who gives these first. And Britt, I would like to start with you. Rude. Do um, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But at least no, you can get I'm it over just with. Uh, yeah, exactly, do, exactly. Do you think um, that the Thin Man should be in the book of a thousand and one movies you must see before you die? Honestly. No, I really don't. Um, I don't think it holds up. So I'm gonna go with no on this one. Okay. What do you uh, do? You have a replacement for the Thin Man. I do, and I actually had to check to make sure that this movie wasn't already in the book, and so I, I couldn't find it on any of the lists. So I don't believe that it ever was. If I were to replace the Thin Man, I would want it. Oh, I would want to replace it with a murder mystery noir because I think that would be appropriate. I would want to, the movie that I want to replace it with kind of exemplifies the, how mundane high school is 
It's a movie that was also shot on a budget that is very restrictive in far as far as sets go. And they could only do a few takes for each scenes. And it was shot in 20 days. So I think that Ryan Johnson's first film, Brick, is a much more interesting film with a better cast of characters. If you haven't seen Brick, it follows a high school boy named Brendan on a quest to find out who murdered his ex-girlfriend. I'm not ruining anything there because it, you find it out in the first scene. And it's a really stylish, classy first film. So I recommend it. It's a really good pick. That's a great movie. So when when we did the Maltese Falcon, uh, I didn't. I said that the, Mal- the Maltese Falcon should be in the book. But it wasn't like a stellar recommend. And I said, if I was going to replace it, I would have replaced it with Brick. That was, I think Brick is an amazing movie. Great choice. Yeah. Love it as a, as a, as a replacement for, for The Thin Man. It was actually a last minute choice too, because I had a different movie and I was talking about it with my husband and I mentioned Brick and I went, oh shit, that's the movie that should replace this. And he was like, I don't understand what other movie could. And he was right. Like it had to be brick. It's great. Well, let's let's ask Joey. Joey, uh, do you think that the thin man should be in the book of a thousand and one movies you must see before you die? So I say yes. Because one, I think nineteen thirties had you know, there's almost hundred years, I think there's kind of an unapproachability to them or just I feel like this is very approachable and accessible because of its ease. Is it the greatest plot ever? No, but I think the chemistry and the banter and the relationship of Nick and Nora deserves to be kind of maintained. And the like. The dinner scene is something that's been used and copied for 90 years. And I think that's all, you know, seen, not perfect, but yeah, I, I think I really like this movie. I had so much fun with it. And... You know, a lot of these aren't fun. And even if they're great, they're not always fun. And I think this is fun, and it had a lot of things. So I am saying, yeah, I, I, I think this belongs in the book. Love it. I love it. Fair points. Um, so I'm going to ride with Brittany on this one. I don't think that The Thin Man should be in the book of A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die. Now... I didn't I didn't mind it. I watched this uh Sunday afternoon and was totally fine with with spending my time watching it. It's not it's something that I, I'm not so dire to recommend. People get to it, that's great. But um and that's where I think like I yeah, I definitely want to I'd rather use this slot with a movie that I think and I'm I'm not going the same route as Brit. I'm going more with the the fun ensemble kind of caper side of it um and i also had to check to make sure that this movie wasn't in the book um and i was surprised to find out that the the director of this movie has only ever had two movies in the book only one of which is still in the book uh and so i'm going with steven soderbergh's oceans 11 um uh i think it's it's fun obviously there's a whole getting the crew together thing but there is a crime uh at the middle of this and the the like the 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 repartee, the 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 back and forth between everybody in the movie. That's sort of my my rationale for for picking Ocean's Eleven. So that is that is going to be my replacement for the Thin Man. 
It's a fun choice. I really enjoy Ocean's Eleven. Me too. It's always fun whenever I... I, like, forget about it. Then it comes up and I watch it again. I remember why I like it. That's a good one. That's something that, yeah. Yeah. So just just as we're as we're kind of wrapping up things here, you know, I've got this uh, this really this newly restored episode tracker. Thank you uh, to the both of you for helping me sort of put (laughs) that back together after it disappeared. And I'm looking at I'm looking at all of the episodes that Ian and I did. And, you know, we and there's only two of us. So it's a little bit different, but we didn't disagree necessarily all that often. We have done 16 episodes that aren't director rankings and there is only half of them have there been a complete unison opinion on. And the other eight, there has been some some variation of yeses and nos. Um, and this this movie makes officially like 50%. 50% of the movies we are total agreement on, and 50% we have at least one person in dissension, which is amazing. Well, that just makes it more interesting. It yeah. sure does. It makes for very fun conversations. I fully respect Joey, even if I don't agree that this movie should be in the book. And if I think Gilbert's great. Now, now, just quick, quick quiz for you both. This is only the second time that uh, Brittany and I have both said no to a movie and Joey said yes. Do we know what that movie was? I do. I do. Joe. Oh, what? Uh... Eraserhead. <laughs> Yes, it was yes, it was a racer head. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Well, fun fun. And that one was a we all enjoyed it. It's just, you know, there are other David Lynch movies like Mulholland Drive that should be in the book. Yes. Yes. Or Lost Highway. Um or Lost God, that's such a vibe, <laughs> man. That's such a vibe. Uh I was talking about that this weekend actually. Well, cuz it's amazing. It's so so good. Good. I've told so many people to watch that since then to be like, no, you have to rewatch it. Our queen, our queen is in it. God, I'll watch her in anything. <laughs> uh, well, from from Patric- Patricia Arquette to uh, Myrna Loy, um, those were our thoughts on The Thin Man. You can find us on Twitter and, and Instagram and you can um, listen to us in all the places where you find podcasts. Britt, I think we're going back to a certain city we've been to a lot this season. Would you would you like you to tell would... us a little bit about it? Yes, of course. You would think after Who Framed Roger Rabbit and La La Land and um, a couple other films drive and there's, you know, at least one more. Uh, you think we might be sick of talking about L.A., but we're not, friends. We're really not. So... Next time, we are going to be discussing L.A. Confidential. I'm, I'm looking forward to this I, one very one, much. I, I'm so excited. Uh, this was, uh, I, I am too, and this was one where, uh, you know, before before Ian passed away, when we were talking about like a potential, or like what would have been, what would have been our the next season we did, it would have been the 25th anniversary of it uh, in 2022. So it was definitely like it was basically pre-planned. Um, so kind of coming back full circle to it is going to be great. I like it's it, this is a great movie to discuss because it's it's thematically rich. Um, the performances are pretty stellar, and it's just such a like if film noir could have gone balls to the wall when they were making film noirs, like this is this is probably what it would have looked yeah. like. Um, so yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be a fun conversation. I'm pretty excited. Really looking forward to this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be great. I was just going to say, it's going to be one where we're all like, yeah, it's good. 
We'll see. And some, and that's it. Sometimes, yeah, Joey comes in going, I fucking hate it. This movie is terrible. <laughs> right? Who likes this? be the this? host all over again and I'll cry. Like, what? Who would pick this? <laughs> me, bitches, Well, me. and Joey, that's too, until we told him to pick something different. Right? Wait, wasn't there, didn't you both pick L.A. or no? Was that just you, Britt? Um, no, I think I only picked LA. Oh, was it, just, it was okay. um, the Lighthouse, okay. and then we both picked uh, Kurosawa films. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. <sighs> well, that'll be. F- I-, I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, but until our return to the great state of California, I am Adam. I am Brett. And we will see you for LA Confidential. <laughs> <laughs>